and welcome everyone this morning. Uh, it's a gorgeous day outside, but Lord, every day you make is gorgeous and every day is yours. Um, this morning, I'd like to read out of Psalms 56 verse 8. Uh, we've had such a hard week this week in, in the news and what is going on with our people uh, in faraway places. And the Lord just brought this to me over and over. And so, you know, Lord, this is for us here, but it's for everyone there as well. <clears throat> you have taken account of my wanderings. You've put my tears in your bottle. And they are, are they not in your book? God is asking us questions at times in our lives and we are asking him questions at times in our lives and this may be one of those times when you're asking questions but to know that God has collected every tear and put it in his bottle and every one of them is identified in his book and that he keeps account of all our wanderings. Lord, may that bring comfort. May that bring comfort to every person this morning, Lord, whether they're in this country or another. Lord, may your comfort come upon your people. May your comfort and strength move through your people. May your wisdom, Lord, permeate out from your people. Your spirit move forth through and into situations in Jesus' name. And Lord, may your spirit move upon people who don't even know you, Lord, who don't even know your name, who don't know how mighty and great you are. Lord, may you call those who have yet to say yes and move on them that they may move. Lord, we pray for your will, Lord, to be done in these situations. But we pray for your mighty strength to move forth as well. And we pray for gifts. We pray for healings. We pray for miracles. In the name of Jesus, we pray for your mighty miracles to go forth, Lord, in our lives, yes, and in everything that's happening, Lord, around the world, in Jesus' name, that at your name, every knee would bow and tongue confess that you are Lord and you are righteousness. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this morning, and we thank you, Lord, that you are moving. We may not see you're moving, but you are moving. And Lord, we're praying and supporting every move. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And we will be praying more for uh, those countries uh, during our worship time. Um, but for now, just a couple quick announcements. Uh, hello to everybody joining us online or on TV. And we're excited to have you with us virtually. Uh, more and more people have been sending in comments and asking to be put on our email list and that sort of thing. Uh, so welcome. Thanks for joining us. And anybody who's in the room who wants to join the email list, it's back there next to the offering box. 
uh, where you can also put your tithes and offerings if you want. We'd love to be able to text or email or something, everybody, to let you guys know what's going on, and we won't hound you, I promise. And also, there's you know coffee, donuts, stuff for the kids back there if you need it. Feel free to keep the kids in the room. Kids don't bother us. We like them. And there's something coming up on August 23rd, I believe. Paul, is that correct? August 23rd? Tomorrow. That's, tomorrow. That's tomorrow, so it's not the 23rd. Is it the 20... What? what 20 that, that work, that revival? Yes, the thing you asked me to announce. I, I, I left my phone at home, so I'm not looking at my announcements. Okay. I apologize. That is next Sunday afternoon. Huh? Why don't you grab that mic? It's the 29th. Turn, turn, turn the switch on. Okay. Turn it down. Okay. Uh, there we go. Oh. Yes. Thank you for bearing with us, folks. We're people just like you. We drop stuff. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> So, th there was a service there at the park uh, with a lot of North Heights people, uh, maybe it was a year and a half ago or so, and Angie, there were two Angies, Angie Washburn and Angie, not coming to me, uh, and so Angie wanted to have another service in the park, uh, yeah, with Greg Berglund, and uh, we're going to have that next Sunday, the 29th at 2 o'clock. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, no, it's Sunday. It's the 29th. Um, Saturday's the 29th. Okay, then it's on Saturday, the 29th. So... Um, this is a good example of check your email. Yeah. This week. Yeah. And I'll make sure the right info gets out yes, to you. Yes, Saturday. And we're going to have a time of worship and praise. No, August 29th, 2 to 4 p.m. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Because our anniversary is the 22nd, and I thought that was today. And so I added seven to that, and I got Sunday. So, good. So let's, let's pray together. Actually, as, one more uh, announcement. Paul sort of hinted to it. It's anniversary of Paul and Karen. Happy anniversary. And it's actually today, right? It's today. It's today. Yeah. We got you a card. Kaylee, could you give that to Auntie Karen? Oh, thank you. You get a hug, too. Free with the card delivery. Okay. So happy anniversary to you guys. And thank you. Thanks for being a great example of hard work in marriage and the success that can come from hard work and reliance on the Lord. It's a good example to us and we appreciate it. I think 46. 46? I think, I think we got 46. It's a Japanese maple tree, so I oh, thought of you. Wow, it's gorgeous, I love it. And I'll tell you a story, uh, let me see. I, we had our first date in April I asked her in June, and we were married in August. <laughs> so I was going for it. And, uh, and then my uncle, who is a 
successful car dealer in Montana, he gave me this ring with a big diamond in it, and people would admire my ring. And uh, whether I wore a diamond or not, it, it didn't make a big deal to me, you know. And someone said, you know, that's a nice diamond. Karen ought to be wearing that. And so I spent a little money and got it off my ring onto her ring. Now I have a little diamond, and she has a big diamond. <laughs> Wasn't I a good husband? <laughs> yes. I scored on that one. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, this, uh, I just want to... Oh, yeah. Well, it's just such a blessing. Um, of course, growing up in Japan, it's, this just brings tears to my eyes. Mama, you should Cry. see this. There's a bicycle, and then there are two people right on a swing under the tree. Cool. I'll bet you that's us. So, yes, we're going places. Yeah. And as you said, you, you want to uh, live to be 100. I, I'm no. not so sure that Way I want to live to be 100, but <laughs> whatever the Lord says. <laughs> but uh, I do like the swing and uh, these, this beautiful maple tree. It's very intricate, handmade. You'll have to all see it. Thank you, everyone. So let's pray. We want to think of one another, but we also want to acknowledge our need. You know, we're the answer in the world, but sometimes we get messed up ourselves, and we need to make sure things are right in our own heart. So we come to you, Father, acknowledging those areas in our life that aren't pleasing to you. We're sorry. We don't make excuses for them. We confess them. And we thank you that you're patient with us and you can change us. We ask for your grace, not only to forgive, but to change, to empower us, to live in a way that honors you, that brings glory to your name. We also thank you that you love us and you want to change our situation. Some people here are struggling with um, emotional, physical issues, and we pray for them. We pray for Nate and his kids that are struggling with physical problems. We pray that your hand would be upon them for healing. We bless Grandma. We thank you for Margaret. We pray that you would bless her and give her strength in these days, 96 years old. We thank you for her. We pray that you give her all that she needs to fulfill what you've called her to do on this earth. And any others who are, who are not well, we pray that you would look down in love. You tell us to ask, and it will be given to us. We marvel at such a gracious, generous Father who invites us to come to present our needs. And so if there are needs that you have this morning, as we take a moment of silence, just present your personal needs or family needs to the Lord in confidence that he is listening to you. He hears all your prayers. Amen. Amen. Let's let's actually keep praying. I think we should uh, just all pray out as a church together. I, I grew up calling this Korean prayer because I watched Korean churches that yeah. did this all the time. Yeah. Everybody just prays at the same time. Yeah. We're all interceding, but we're doing it in unity. Yeah. So let's pray. If you.
have the gift of tongues, pray in tongues. If you don't have the gift of tongues, ask for it and receive it right now while we're praying. Why not? And if otherwise, pray in English, pray in another language, pray in Japanese, pray in Spanish. Uh, but let's all just pray out to the Lord right now. Yes, yes. Thank you, God. You're a healing God. Thank you. We look to you in confidence. We look to you in confidence. We believe in your answers. We believe in your help. We believe in your mercy. We believe in your love. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We want to set down everything else now that's on our minds or on our hearts, good or bad. Just set it down under our chairs for a few minutes as we focus on the Lord. We're going to do some worship, and we're going to do some intercession for our brothers and sisters throughout the world that are having a very, very difficult time. So let's start by worshiping the Lord. Feel free to stand. You can move around if you want more space. See the works of your hands, galaxies spin in a heavenly dance. Oh God, all that you are is so overwhelming. I hear the sound of your voice. All at once it's a gentle and thundering noise. Oh God, all that you are is so overwhelming. I delight, I delight myself in you, captivated by your beauty. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you I know the power of your cross forgiven and free forever you'll be my God all that you've done is so overwhelming I delight I delight myself in you in the glory I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. I delight, I delight myself in you. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. You are beautiful, you are beautiful, 
oh God, there is no one more beautiful. You are beautiful. God, you are the most beautiful. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. Oh God, there is no one more wonderful. You are wonderful. God, you are the most wonderful. You are glorious. You are glorious. You are glorious. Oh God, there is no one more glorious. You are glorious. God, you are the most glorious. I delight. I delight myself in you, in the glory of your presence. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed. I delight myself in you, in the glory of your presence. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by Jesus, we are overwhelmed and amazed every day at you, at what you do through us, such weak and frail vessels. We thank you that we can love other people because you first loved us that you give us the love that we need. Even when we don't have enough on our own. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours. I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out, remind my soul, I am yours, I am forever yours. Love came down. Love came down and rescued me. Love came down and set me free. I am yours, I am forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out my soul I am yours I am forever yours one more time love came down love came down and rescued me love came down and set me free I am yours 
forever yours. Mountain high or valley low, I sing out, remind my soul, I am yours. I am forever yours. I am yours. I am yours. All my days, Jesus, I You make me brave. 
fighting, uh, those that are not, those that are hiding, make them brave, Lord. As we were singing that song, I couldn't help but think of them. The Lion of Judah, Lord, we call out to you, cry out to you, protect them. Yeah. Father, in your mercy, bring many to you, hear their cry, those that don't know you. May they see your light and confound the enemy in all his ways. In Jesus' name. Let's keep praying for Afghanistan. Let's spend a few minutes interceding for them. And we know that in many Islamic countries, there are Islamic people who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so we dare to pray for Taliban. We dare to pray that there be people in that mix who meet up with the living Christ and bow the knee to the truth. We pray that some of them will come into the truth. We know that they reject it now, but God, would you meet up with them and bring them to a place of confrontation with the reality of their own sin and their need for a savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus. I want to pray for protection for our brothers and sisters there. A lot of Christians fled right before Afghanistan fell if they could, but many, many, many stayed. Many felt that the Lord was calling them to stay. And there's already some pretty bad reports of 
uh, the Taliban doing what they used to do to Christians, uh, which is martyrdom. And so, Father God, I pray for protection for our brothers and sisters yes. in Afghanistan. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I pray that you would uh, loose your angels, Lord. We loose your angels and your spirit to that place to guard and protect, to give wisdom into how to act, to when to wisdom on when to, when to hide and when to do meetings in secret, mm -hmm. and wisdom on when to act and when yeah. to speak out. Yes. And I pray for boldness in that. Just as when your spirit fell in Acts chapter 2, it gave boldness to these guys that uh, had been timid enough to deny Christ recently. And now they have the boldness to proclaim him in open public forums with tons of people. So we, we pray your will would be done there, Lord, that you would give them wisdom, you'd give them protection. And we pray for fellowship. Uh, people isolated in small villages, you don't know if there are any other Christians around, and it's uh, very dangerous to try to find out. Yeah. So, Lord, I pray, for, I pray for divine and favor and help in connecting believers in Afghanistan and places like that, Lord God, where it's dangerous. I pray for uh, divine connections that you just bring people together for fellowship. A couple other folks, let's pray out for for Afghanistan as a whole, for the for the believers there. Paul's got a mic. I'm thankful for the word that we hear about Iran and the oppression that's in Iran. There are probably 100,000 Christians in Iran that have come to faith and that are coming together, of course, in secret. And we pray that that would continue in other countries where there is oppression, in China, in Myanmar, in India, North Korea, in Nigeria, in Kenya, in Colombia. We thank you that the message of the gospel is still breaking through. Let it break through in Afghanistan and in Haiti now, oh God, that terrible country that is suffering from the affliction. Yeah, let's transition to Haiti. Father God, we ask you that you would, oh Lord, send your mercy to that place, that country that has um, gone through so many, so many things in the last couple decades, and now another massive earthquake. You know, when areas are built in poverty, they're not usually up to code as far as earthquakes go, and that's proven itself time and time again there, and now there's a, another hurricane that might head that way, so Lord, these people need their lives saved. They're, they are already oppressed and now they can't even get food. It's, it's hard for the rescue workers to even get to a lot of the areas. They're, they're impassable. And so Father God, we protect, we pray for protection over the lives of yes. people there. Yes. And we pray that you would get food and medicine and relief to the people who need it. A few more people pray out for Haiti. We ask, Father, that they would get to their destination. Yes, we ask that they would get to their destination without being interfered with, especially Feed My Starving Children, which sends a lot of food down to Haiti. Yeah. And I ask, Father God, that you would uh, protect the Christian ministries that are down there, which there are many of, that you would uh, supply the needs that they have. And we come against the spirit of discouragement and um, oppression and depression. And we ask, Lord, that you would lift it off of them, Lord, that you would fill them with the joy of Jesus and that you would pour your spirit out on that place. In Jesus' mighty name. Mm -hmm. 
a friend of mine, a pastor, Jim Glenn, he left Haiti. He's now in Tijuana because it was so oppressive. It was very dangerous for him to be in Haiti. So it's a hard place to live in. Lord, there are so many examples in scriptures of you taking hard places and making them into wonderful places. So we pray that that would be true for Haiti. We pray that, pray that all those former slaves who, even after they were freed, were treated like slaves by other people and are still now in many ways. And we pray that you would reverse that, yes. that curse, whatever that is, mm -hmm. Father God. We pray, we come against it in Jesus' name. We come against that spirit of poverty and we come against that oppression in Jesus' name. And we pray that you would break through in that place. We pray that you would bring leaders who know you, Jesus. Leaders who know you and who want to truly help people yes. to help pull that nation out of poverty. Uh, all the experts agree that it's impossible. So, Lord, that sounds like a great recipe for you. <laughs> so, Lord, we ask you that you would do the impossible in Haiti. I pray that Haiti would come to be a, a shining light in the whole Caribbean area. That people from other, what we would consider wealthier countries, would look to Haiti and be like, hmm, maybe we should change some stuff and be more like that. Uh, it's, it's almost impossible to imagine it now, Lord God, but I believe you imagine that. Yes. So we ask that you would make it happen. I want to pray for Uganda for a minute as well. Father, we pray that you would bless Pastor Dowson there and everything that we're doing, the farms that are being planted and the wells that are being dug, the youths that are being trained in how to farm and discipled and how to follow you. pray that you would bless all these things. A couple, couple more people pr pray, please, for, for Uganda and for Pastor Dowson. Father, we just thank you for this war. I just want to pray for Uganda and recently Nigeria too and all of Africa right now that has been attacked by enemy naturally or not naturally or spiritually. Father, I pray for the land to have resources naturally so that people can have food and water. They come naturally from you. Father, I just pray for the land to be anointed by the Spirit, Father God. I pray that your divine um, intervention, that you will throw seeds naturally to the land so that they will grow healthy fruit, food for the people and water, clean water, Father God, that they will not get sick from any water. And Father, I pray for... Um, bits and pieces of cities in the whole of Africa that has been um, still in the war zone, war land or war lot, whatever they call it, that they will leave. They will leave people alone. They will leave Christians, people alone, mm -hmm. or 
just people naturally, whether, Father, I just pray for all the evildoers will just cease and yeah. stop. Yeah. As I prayed earlier this morning, all the weapons has been supplied to the evildoers to stop that they will be broken and cannot fixable, yeah. Father God. I pray for their transportation to be broken too, that so that they will have no way to, um, to continue their journey to do evil things. And Father, I also want to lift up those evildoers to you, that you anoint from their hair to their toes, that they'll be slain in the spirit. With the spirit of mercy and compassion, they will just stop. They will stop. They will think and look with their eyes and ears and hands. They will just stop and with their mouth just stop. Whatever they're doing, they are convicted. They are convicted with their wrongdoings. And Father, I pray for women and young children that they will not be victims of any sort of anything, that you will have this um, invisible um, pixel glass, as I call it, that you will protect them from anything, a shield, from anything that will um, be attracted to the enemy. Father, I, I just want to lift up this whole world to you to as well that Christians will be bold and come out of their cocoon, come out from their bubbles, and they will be um, bold to worship you, bold to um, serve, and bold to come together and make wise leadership decisions that will impact the world, and they will be in action. They will not be scared or not be fearful. And I pray for um, all families too that will, as they, you know, talk about all these um, political issues in their dinner table, that they will come together to pray for other nations too as well. Mm-hmm. We surrender everything at the foot of the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're going to continue to worship now, but I'd like us to continue to worship in that vein of intercession. We're still standing in the gap for people in Afghanistan and Haiti and Uganda and elsewhere. Uh, Psalm 46 is an excellent kind of warfare psalm, spiritual warfare psalm, intercession. So we're going to sing that about the greatness of the Lord. And I'd like us to sing it Sing it to the Lord, but sing it for them. You know, the picture of intercession, intercession means to stand in the breach. So there's an army over here, and there's an army behind us, and we stand in the way. Or there's one person behind us, and we stand in the way. And in this case, it's God before us and the people behind us, the people of Afghanistan, Haiti, Uganda. And so we're coming before the throne of the King of Kings and pleading on their behalf. So let's, let's do that through worship. Oh, come behold the works of God, the nations at his feet. He breaks the bow and bends the spear and tells the wars to cease. Oh, mighty one of Israel, you are on our side. We walk by faith in God who burns the chariots with fire. Lord of hosts, you're with us, with us in the fire, with us as a shelter, with us in the storm. You 
God of Jacob, fierce and great, you lift your voice to speak. The earth it bounds and all the mountains move into the sea. Oh Lord, you know the hearts of men and still you let them live. O oh God, who makes the mountains melt, come wrestle us and win. O oh God, who makes the mountains melt, come wrestle us and win. Lord of hosts, you're with us, with us in the fire, with us as a shelter, with us in the storm. You will lead us through the fiercest battle. Oh, where else would we go with the Lord of hosts? Oh, Lord of hosts, you're with us, with us in the fire, with us as a shelter, with us in the storm. in the 
through the fiercest battle. Oh, where else would we go but with the Lord of Lord, we ask that you would do this. The picture I had as we were singing was he's going to make provisions for those that are in need, those that are hiding in homes and can't even go out to get food, that the, that the rice won't run out, the oil won't run out, the flour won't run out. Miracles, Lord, where you provide in the desert. Do that, Lord for their body, soul, and spirits, your provision, your protection. And I see your banner, your strong banner over them. And yes, what I'm agreeing with the prayers that have already been prayed. We all agree together and cry out to you, Lord, yeah. for your protection, for your victory in Jesus' name. Lord, I echo that prayer. 23 million people starving in Uganda. Save them. Jesus, 
Anyone else have a word they feel is for the group? Help us uh, throughout this week when these countries and these people come to our mind that you would remind us to pray, to lift them up before your throne. Pray that you could help us to prioritize times of worship with you and times of prayer just to be with you, other times of prayer to intercede for other people. Our schedules are, are busy and we get in our routines. So Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom and help us to carve out extra time in our week to spend with you and to spend yes. on, with you on behalf of the people who need help, including those in our own lives, in our own families, in our own houses. Pray that as we become more and more like you, that people will experience you more and more in their own lives. Amen, and thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us more and more. As we look to you, Father, you provide everything. Uh, I just have to uh, share something that I got from Norway Yesterday was my um, relative who was being baptized, but her little sister reached up to the baptismal font and wanted to see what was in there. She grabbed it with two hands and tiptoed up, and half of the water went all the way on her. And that keeps coming back to me. Yes, Lord, we need to do that. More, Lord, we need more of everything you want to give us. We just want to be drenched with your love and goodness and encouragement. And we know you are faithful to us. And um, the worship time, thank you for the worship team. It it was um, just so rich and good. And I'm up here. Paul Anderson, because uh, I can call you Paul, just plain Paul, because I'm and I hope they can. your wife. And they can also, Some every once in a while I call you Polly, and I won't say it very loud. But your mom used to call you that also. She did. Polly boy. I, yes, to, to call you in to play, practice the piano. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, I just wanted to say thank you to you and to tell everyone that you know, um, he hasn't had to practice the piano too much. He's, God has gifted him with that. I think you're talking about gifts today. And he hears something and he plays it. And it's, it's wonderful. I can, I can say to him, could you play it a little bit higher or you know, play it in that key or a little bit lower and just kind of moves up and down. And so I'm very thankful that I married you because of that amongst other things (laughs) and to tell you he really is you've heard people say oh he's the same man here as he is at home and I always think hmm and it's very true you're very patient kind loving 
good person. I could keep it going. Uh, yeah, but well, okay. Then I'll just get. I, I would then be preaching, and so and I'll give you. You already have the mic. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I love you, and we're thankful for you. Thank you, honey. I am thankful, and I think Thank everyone you. is, and the Lord is also. Yeah, let's go for, uh, if, if we can do, uh, let's, let's hit 100. Let's go for 100. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Nice to have a neighbor with us. When we came to our house, uh, that we're in now. We've made uh, three offers and uh, others have prevailed way, way beyond us. We may just wait through the winter until uh, things slow down a little bit in the, in the market and uh, might be easier to get a house. But uh, of course, we want to meet our neighbors. And we've had several meetings in our backyard and Noreen has came to one of them and then your husband Tom and he uh, and I had a wonderful talk together. And then we have a neighbor next door named Ken. So it's fun to get to know our neighbors. We didn't do as well with that. When we had this big house and the big property, we didn't get out as much. So I'm thankful that we're meeting our neighbors. So welcome to you. And we had a wonderful service for a friend of mine who was at North Heights, Elm Nelson. We had a wonderful service at North Heights to honor him and and uh, you were there and I should know your name I know you well yes yes thank you thank you and and you're a widow now your husband died uh, I, I recall a few years ago. how many yeah yeah well thank you for being with us Janice nice to have you here and uh, Tim was able to come from time to time about once a month and he is in charge of the whole outfit. So I'm very grateful for Tim and how he ministers to us silently, though he's not with us every Sunday. So welcome to everybody. We're going to head out after we have a potluck. We'll have a potluck lunch together, and then we're going to head up north. Our kids have given us uh, a, a day away, so we're going to stay overnight up in Cove Point. Uh, that will be very special to celebrate 46 years. So watch the house, will you, Noreen, while we're gone? Just uh, make. <laughs> the back door is open. You can just go inside if you need something. So I was delighted with something in Scripture that I had not seen before, and I'm eager to talk about it. It's, it's different. It's people who who offered things to Jesus. And there are six of them. And it's, uh, it's probably true that Jesus was the poorest person who ever walked on earth. I could t say more about that to convince you, but he was totally poor. He had nothing. So when people offered him things, it was wonderful because he needed them. And I'll show you as we look at several different scriptures what Jesus needed. The first thing that he needed was a womb. He was coming to earth. And he needed a place. And he needed someone 
who would be willing. So an angel who had showed up to talk to Zechariah and went home shaking his head saying, what was that? And he had to, he had to discipline him. He had a nine-month time out because he said, how? How, how did, remember their question? How? How will this take place? Because I'm an old man. He didn't say my wife is an old lady. He said, literally, she has many days. That's the Greek. It says she has many days. So, in other words, she's old. How can I be sure? Wait a minute, Zach. When was the last time an archangel showed up in church? You know, he should have known. This was a great event. This is not something to doubt, but he doubted, and he paid for it. He came out well. When he finally opened his mouth, I mean prophecy spewed forth. So he, was, he received from that nine-month uh, discipline. But then five months later, not six months, five months later, because she's been carrying, uh, Elizabeth's been carrying the child. She's in her sixth month. So the angel went up the road this time, about 90 miles up the road, to Nazareth. To a girl. We don't know how old she was. 18, 19, maybe? Or younger. Or younger. Possible. Yeah. Possibly younger. We really don't know. But the angel told her some phenomenal news. And then she asked the how question. But not how can this be? How will this be accomplished? And the angel was not confused or alarmed. He said, here's how. This will be different. It's not, you, you won't need a husband. The Spirit of God will come upon you. The Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, you're Elizabeth. Remember her? She's pregnant. Whoa! Whoa, they've waited all these times. And she, oh, that's such good news. Who was called barren? For nothing will be impossible with God. Listen to what this teenager says. Behold, I am, and then she uses a word which is the lowest word for a slave. It's a word in Greek, doulos, it means bond slave, bond servant. Behold, I am the bond servant of the Lord. In other words, I'm at your total disposal. Let it be to me according to your word. So she's saying, he can use my womb. He can use my body. I'm, I'm available for his use. Let me ask you a question. Did she pay for that? She really did. All her life she paid for it. Did Jesus pay for it? The religious leaders said, we were not born in fornication. It was known in Jerusalem by leaders who didn't, didn't hardly know Jesus. So the word was out. So she was seen as a dirty woman, and she was a holy woman. Did it make a difference to her? She was thankful for what she could do. She said, you can use what I've got. A boy. We don't know how old the boy is. 
but he's got a lunch. And he's at this huge gathering. And Jesus looks up in John 6, and he sees this multitude. He's up high on a mountain. This multitude is coming to him. How many? Thousands. Over 5,000. They're coming up the hill, and they must have looked hungry because Jesus looks over at Philip and says, Hey, Philip, where are we going to buy bread so that these people may eat? Now, that was a faith question that was not a math question. Unfortunately, Philip got out his calculator and he said, 200 denarii. That's more than a half a year. So in our language, 40,000? Wouldn't be enough to feed this crowd. He flunked the test. He should have said, I'm not sure, but I think you got an answer for this. <laughs> he didn't come off very good. Then Andrew gets a half answer. He gets partial credit because he comes with a lunch. How did he get that lunch from that boy? <laughs> I don't know what he said, but he said something. There's a lad here with a lunch, five barley loaves and two fish. And then he adds, he shouldn't have added this, what are they with so many? He could have just kept his mouth. That was, that he was doing good so far. <laughs> Jesus took this lunch of this boy who was somehow convinced to give it to Andrew. What did Andrew say to him? I don't know. But Jesus lifted it up. The multitude had already been divided up into 50s and 100s all over the mountain, probably 10,000. 5,000 men plus women and children. That probably adds up to 8,000 or more. So they're all over the mountain. And what does this boy do when he goes home? I'm assuming his parents aren't with him because he brought it. He says, Mom and Dad... I want to say something to you, and I hope you believe me. Mom, that lunch that you gave me, Jesus, I gave it to Jesus. Well, I really gave it to Aunt Andrew was a disciple of Jesus. I gave it to Andrew. Andrew gave it to Jesus. Jesus put it in the air, said a prayer, and then he started giving it, my lunch, to his Helpers. And it kept going. It really did. It fed my lunch that you made, Mom, fed maybe 10,000 people. Please believe me. And the dad says, we believe you, son. We've heard some of the stories, strange stories. He said, I, the boy says, I believe in Jesus. Is that okay? 
And the mom said, yes, we may too, after we hear him. It was good of you, Ben, to give your lunch to Jesus. Did Jesus need that? He used the boy's lunch. A man in Bethany. Jesus loved Bethany because it was outside the city. He ran into difficulties whenever he came to Jerusalem, right? He, he'd run up sooner or later with the scribes and Pharisees, and it was always conflict, always conflict. He loved going to Bethany. He could relax with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. It was a great place. And they knew about him in Bethany because why? What did he do in Bethany that created a stir? Raised Lazarus. So there's somebody in Bethany who has a donkey. Jesus is thinking ahead. Now, this is not in the scripture. I'm just assuming that something like this happened because Jesus sends them on Sunday of the Passover to get a donkey. He says this gives them instructions. You go there. And so somebody in Bethany said, Jesus can have my donkey. He can use my donkey. Now, what happened with that donkey? Colt, young donkey. Jesus rode it, and as he did, he was riding from Bethany about a mile and a half. We're going up the ridge toward the Mount of Olives. We're looking down. Jerusalem is down there. As we get closer on the ridge, we get to the, to the top, maybe a 1,000 feet above, the top here, and we're looking down, and we can see the Temple Mount. We can see the whole city from where we are. The crowds that are coming, this is the busiest time of the year because it's Passover. Every Jewish boy, 12 years of old and older, and others are coming, and it's swelled. And scholars have numbers that they wonder about, 500,000, a million, how many? were there, but they're crowding in, and now something is happening in Bethany as they're going, and it's, the crowd is getting bigger. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger as Jesus is riding, and the crowd is just taken, and they're, they're dancing, and they're throwing flowers, and they're putting palm branches out. They're putting their coats down, and Jesus is riding in like the king, the king of peace. You ride on a donkey. You don't ride on a horse. He's announcing himself, but they're not... Some are getting it, and then he turns at the crest, and he starts down this hill. Imagine this man. He, he may have wondered if he was going to get it back. Jesus said, we'll bring it back immediately. Jesus let him know, you'll get it right back. So he asked one of his disciples, get this donkey back. I'm done with it. So they missed out on some of the festivities because they had to walk up, up the Mount of Olives, down the crest to Bethany, and get it back to the man. But they said, we'll get it back to you immediately. Jesus didn't have a donkey. Somebody said, he can use my donkey. 
There's a lady who had this idea. It was a crazy idea, and it was an exciting idea. She wanted a chance to take her alabaster flasks, which was about the size of a Pepsi bottle. The contents were worth thousands and thousands. The content of this alabaster flask. And she said, I would love to pour this on Jesus. I'd love just to anoint him for all that he means to me, or for all that he means to the world, for all that he means now. She, she was picking up something in the spirit, but she was arguing with herself because she said, that'd be stupid. I'll get, Jesus might be embarrassed. The disciples will be embarrassed. They'll say something to me, and I'll feel terrible. I don't even know if I should do it, but it wouldn't go away. And she came to the point where she said, I must do it. This belongs to Jesus. It's probably her life savings. Literally. So she breaks in on the party. It's at Simon's, another Simon, Simon the leper. It's at Simon's house on Wednesday. We're getting close, folks. She breaks in. She takes the flax. She breaks the top so that she can get it out. She pours this. Now, can you imagine the smell? You can smell it 20 feet away. How are the disciples doing with this? They are angry. Listen to what they say. Oh, my, they don't like this. They were indignant. Why was this ointment wasted like that? It could have been sold for more than 300 denarii. That's a year's wage, 50,000. And given to the poor, and they scolded her. And she's thinking, I knew it. I knew it. I should have done it. I know. It was stupid. It was stupid. It was stupid. What did I do? until Jesus talked. Here's what Jesus said. Leave her alone. That's what the first thing. Leave her alone. Then he said, why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing for me. You always have the poor with you. Whatever you want, you can do good for them, but not, you won't always have me. She has done, listen to this, she's done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. Tell me who was thinking about burial among his friends. Who was thinking about burial? None of them. Because they weren't thinking death. They couldn't believe that he would die, so they weren't thinking about burial. Jesus almost didn't have a burial. Do you remember Billy Graham's funeral? Incredible. The whole world was looking. Do you remember Ronald Reagan's? It took years to plan, and it took weeks to pull off, 
And we watched it, and the world watched it. Jesus didn't have a funeral. He almost didn't have a burial. And now a woman is picking up in the spirit what you do for someone who dies, you anoint them so that you can handle the smell because they don't go under the ground, they go into the cave, right? She has done this for me. She is thinking burial. And she's so relieved. She thought she was going to get, continue to get beat up. And Jesus said, thank you for your gift. You were thinking about me. Jesus was not from Jerusalem, so he, didn't, he never had a home anyway. Uh, as an adult, he didn't want to go home to his home. He had a home in Capernaum, but it was, he didn't have a home in a place. He said, foxes have holes. Birds have nests. What does the Son of Man have? Nothing. He, I, he's got nowhere. He was the poorest of the poor. So he received the gifts from people. He received a wound. He received a donkey. He received a lunch. He received ointment. And now he needs a place. He didn't have a place in Jerusalem. And so he talks to a man. And the man says, he can use my room. It's an upper room. And he tells his disciples how to find it and where to go to get it. And they go and they prepare this room. And it's a room where we first hear the words, this is my body given for you. This is my blood. That man who gave the room probably talked about that for decades to his kids, to his neighbors. Jesus used my room. I let him have my room. And he, he could live with that memory for his whole life that I let Jesus have a room. What do you have? You have something that Jesus needs, not just wants, but needs. You have gifts. You have character. You have aptitudes. I love, I started thinking about this and thinking about you, and I think all of you play a part here because all of you do different things to weave this into a beautiful tapestry. So I'm not going to mention anybody because I, I, I take the whole sermon to mention everybody. Because I'm blessed that you all realize this is a part that we all play. Jesus asks for us to contribute our part and we give it. And so this man could thank God that he had a room 
that Jesus could be with his disciples. He said, I only need it for about three, four hours. Last one. Who do you think this is? What? Grave. Jesus needed a place to be buried. And the disciples never gave it a thought. And a very unlikely man gave it a thought. He was one of the respected leaders of Israel. Do you know what Jesus said about those leaders? He said, nothing good. He called them hypocrites five times in Matthew 23. And then he called them, you brood of vipers, you snakes. That wasn't a compliment. He could have said far more. They were selfish, godless men who pretended to be spiritual. And there were two exceptions. We think of Nicodemus as one who is maybe a little cowardly because he came to Jesus by night. He was not a coward. He was bold. In fact, he is the one who anointed dead Jesus. Do you know how much he poured on? 75 pounds worth. It says 100 litra or 75 pounds. He gave him a burial of a king, and he was poverty-stricken. Nicodemus did that. What did Joseph do? He said, he can have my grave. Jesus could have said, Joe, I only need it for about 36 hours, and then I'll be done, <laughs> and you can have it back. Joseph didn't know that when he gave it to him, and he he did his work. I want you to know this. I know Israel. I know these places. I lived there for eight months. And it's just outside the city, so it's on a major thoroughfare. It was the busiest time of the year. The busiest time. Once I said to Karen, she needed something. I said, I'll run over to Byron's. It's Christmas Eve day. I, I'll say, I'll be right back. I'm running, I'll run over to Byers and I'll get it. Wrong. <laughs> I stood in line. I just got one thing. I think it's a cheese or something. I stood in line, and I thought, well, I'll get in the line for the packages. Another wrong decision, because that was shorter. You know, there were only 12 in that line. I waited and waited. Why? Because it's getting close to the biggest holiday of the year. This is close. It's within hours. It's 3 o'clock. He died on Friday afternoon. By sundown, if you are doing work, you get stoned. It would happen today in, uh, in, in uh, what's the name of it, where the, where the conservative Jews with the long braids, where they live, if you went through there and you did something after, uh, on the Sabbath, Look out, because they will stone you. They will go after you. They told me, be careful when you, if you drive through there. Don't stop. Don't talk to people. Just go through. So Joseph was under a time crunch, 
and he was under a leadership crunch because he's going to take down the body of Jesus in public. It's a public thoroughfare. That's what the Romans did. He's going to bring it to his grave, which is close by. That was positive. He was going to bring that body. But Joseph had said, he can use my grave. What a gift. We didn't expect it to come from a religious leader. But something happened. I think it finally turned at the cross. I suspect it was at the cross where he finally said, this is it. Because he was looking for the kingdom of God, it says in an earlier passage. And now I think he saw the king. And he saw how he died. And so he was convinced. And he put his heart toward Jesus. And he said, I don't care what it takes. He can have my grave. So you had someone who said, he can have my womb, my body. Another, he can have my lunch. He can have my donkey. He can have my room. He can have my alabaster. He can have my grave. And so I want to say, I've got some things. I want to give them to Jesus. I want Jesus to use my life. I want him to use my time. I want him to use what I have to offer. I'm very thankful for Lydia House and for the way the people come together and everybody shares. It's wonderful how we do this together. So I'm going to close now in prayer and just say thank you. And then maybe God will show you something that you have that Jesus needs, I'm going to say needs, that you can give to him and you can bless him and he ends up blessing you like he blessed Joseph and Nicodemus. Thank you, good father, for your son Jesus. Thank you for his coming to earth, who are leaving the glories of heaven and coming to earth. We thank you for his life-giving death. And we thank you for those who gave to him. And now thank you that you give us opportunities to share our gifts, to share our interests, to share our abilities, our aptitudes, our skills. Lord, we want to put those together and bless you this day. In the name of Jesus, we pray and give thanks. Amen. Let's just.